September 3rd, 301. San Marino is founded, making it the oldest republic you still can't find on a map. Welcome to The Revisionist. I'm Brian Flynn. I'm Zach Powers. And our guest tonight is one of Denver's favorite comics, writer for Westward, hosts the legendary Lion Slayer open mic. Please welcome back to the show, Byron Graham. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me back. Thank you for being here again. I like uh, that you described the Lion's Lair as legendary. <laughs> yeah, I mean... I mean... It only appears once every fortnight. Yes. And Shall you we need... go back to our classic Brigadoon tangent? <laughs> I think maybe last time you were here, we talked about Brigadoon yeah, for I think a good three or four minutes. <laughs> I really like the Brigadoon premise as, as a, you know, just the thing that disappears yeah. and comes Pure, back, all the townspeople. high-powered... NBC executive and someone came to you with the premise of Brigadoon the show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Get a late career, Bill Murray. We could do pitch. this. <laughs> if you're new to the show, uh, each episode we take a look at a topic from history. First, we present the official version of events, and then one of us comes up with an alternate history. As we accept the winning story as true history. I'm just going to edit that later. Yeah. You guys don't leave in little stumbles? It's. You know, invite people behind the curtain. Well, yeah, but when you get behind the curtain and realize it's just a pile of shit, then there's <laughs> nothing there. It's 95% Brian unable to introduce the show. <laughs> That's basically it. It's like, what are we doing here again? Well, listeners, last time we wrapped up our coverage of the American Revolution with the Battle of Yorktown with our guest Jeremy Peicher, mm-hmm. uh, historian, comedian. Zach, your alternate history, that was sort of like a half Pacific Rim sort of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers thing right, with Idris yeah. Elba. Uh, you had kaiju of get involved. There in was the... a kaiju. Were yeah. they for the Brits or for the Americans? Uh, the kaiju's name was Kernvalis. <laughs> 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 and they fought it in Robo Shambo. <laughs> so, uh, so, of course, that won. Of course. Uh, the work of known. art. Well, we're moving on for a couple episodes before we get into our Halloween spooktacular series of episodes mm-hmm. to sort of cleanse the palate of the American Revolution. Yeah. We're talking about some famous rebels, famous resistance leaders who were not white men, which means that this episode we'll be discussing uh, Red Cloud, uh, the Ogallala leader. Um, Ogallala Lakota. Thank you. <laughs> I have Wikipedia open. <laughs> <laughs> and your eyebrows said it all in that correction. <laughs> Did you know that he was born in 1822? <laughs> Did you know that this article is a stub? <laughs> and you can help expand it by donating to Wikipedia? Uh, but this week, Zach, you're doing the true story. That's true. And I'm doing the alternate. That's alternate. <laughs> That's... Oof. Uh, <laughs> but if we're all ready to begin, take it um, away. Did you know that Red Cloud was born <laughs> in 1822? <laughs> uh, in Nebraska. Um, North Platte. <laughs> God right. damn it. Yeah, um, uh, his parents were uh, uh, walks as she thinks and lone man. I don't know why, of all the things we adopted from a Native American culture, like the naming conventions are one that I sorely miss in... in Walks as she thinks? Walks as she thinks. Is that a hyphenate? I suppose so. I don't know. Well, yeah, she's a modern woman. Her name's a run-on sentence. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> it was nay. Exactly. I, it's an honorable name. You and walk as I get. I it took me too long to figure out what it really meant, but now I get it. Yeah. But uh, they both died when he was very young. And he was raised and mentored by his uncle, who's named Old Chief Smoke, and had early fights against the Pawnee and Crow Indians that kind of trained him in warfare from a fairly young age, as he was being mentored. Obviously, he was a Lakota Indian, uh, as we kind of mentioned, alluded to earlier. But uh, the Alluded, outright said. <laughs> <laughs> but the real, uh, the biggest, the first major kind of turning point in his life came, came during what is called Red Clouds War, mm-hmm. um, which was caused in part because there was kind of a gold rush concurrent with the American Civil War in the area where Red Cloud lived and... There were a lot of uh, miners coming through and searching for their fortunes, I guess, which was in violation of the treaty we had with the Native Americans at the time. Unthinkable. Unthinkable, <laughs> yeah. And you'll, that's a recurring theme. <laughs> I'm just going to go ahead and spoiler. This is not the only time you'll, you'll hear that. And a lot Red of treaty Cloud, violations. That's all we're saying. One thing I like about him is recurrent in his life is that he was a person who strived for peaceful solutions and used war kind of as a last resort in a lot of ways. He actually went to Fort Laramie to talk with um, the current U.S. chief negotiator, who was a man named Taylor, if I'm not mistaken, um, and peacefully waited there for some time for this guy to arrive, which he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Instead, um, a colonel named Carrington came with a brigade. Red Cloud took it as a disrespect. He was there with Man Who Fears His Horse, which is often mistaken to mean a guy who is scared of his own horse, but is supposed to mean that other people were scared even of his oh, horse. Okay. Okay, that makes which that makes is more a lot sense. Less embarrassing as a name. <laughs> I mean, it was a scary fucking horse, if we're gonna be real here. Yeah. And- the 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 horse outside DIA is based on it. Yeah. <laughs> and also going back to just like the idea of the negotiator standing up Red Cloud. Yeah. That's something that, like, I didn't know, but it's, like, such, like, an unnecessary fuck you that perfectly complements how we treated the Native Americans. Yeah. Not, not fun. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it that's did what take, said like, on the carving a crazy horse. This wasn't fun. Yeah. Didn't it take, like, six months to get anywhere you could send word? That's all. Like, there's yeah. plenty yeah. of time. Just a dick move. This was all during... There's a lot of traffic on the prairie. Yeah. I won't be there. <laughs> they tried to get the signatures needed to allow the miners into that area, but almost all of them came from what are called, were called at the time, Laramie Loafers, which are mm-hmm. a subsect of Native Americans who lived in Laramie and kind of lived off of the pre-scheduled handouts and, and payments that the U.S. government gave and not part of the real Lakota tribe who didn't live around the actual town. He uh, eventually decided it was time to go to war to prevent these incursions and allied with uh, the Cheyenne and Arapaho tribes Mm -hmm. in opposition to the U.S. military. And mostly the war was a series of skirmishes, small fights. Um, There was one major one called... uh, the Fetterman Massacre, or the Battle of a Hundred Slain, um, which was the single largest loss of U.S. military to Native American forces to that point in history. 
up until Little, Little Bighorn, Bighorn about I 10 believe. years later, yeah. superseded it. These um, people were trying to colonize, massacred us. Why'd they do that? <laughs> yeah. so, How dare they? <laughs> rude. We need to bring them European manners. <laughs> but the tactics there were kind of... Such in- a burden we white men have. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but the tactics there were kind of interesting because uh, the guy who was leading it, William J. Fetterman, the guy who's the main U.S. Uh, fellow... And he was in charge of 81 people, all of whom, I'm not going to lie to you, did not make it out, <laughs> um, was uh, supposed to stay at this uh, specific trail, the specific location, but was pulled away by a decoy. That decoy, in fact, was Crazy Horse, mm-hmm. um, who led them to a, a second location where they were ambushed by a much larger force and all of them were killed. This was all during the reign of Andrew Johnson, who I'm just going to note is maybe my least favorite U.S. president in history. Old Hickory? Yeah. Uh, I think that might have been... That... No, Old Hickory was Andrew Johnson. That was Johnson. Okay. I, oh, I... wait. Andrew Jackson. Jackson, Sorry. I think, was Old Hickory. Yeah, Jackson Jackson's was Old Hickory. Old Hickory. I... Andrew Johnson. Johnson was the dude who got impeached. Johnson, is yeah, a, Johnson was a sniveling coward who yeah. caved to slave owners after yeah. the Civil War. He was not a good dude. Although, also, Andrew Jackson... To be fair, when we're dealing with Native American relations, that's it's, why. Yeah, that's why I went there right away. It's totally away. fair to feel like Andrew Jackson is a plausible response. Andrew Jackson, I'm also not... terrible president. Anybody terrible president? No friend to the natives. No, no. more a- Andrew Jays have had their chance of being president <laughs> of America. Is what I'm saying. We're done. Moratorium on Andrew Jays. <laughs> yeah. Andrew Jordan, I'm watching you. Yeah. Um, Andrew Jordash. That's a brand of jeans. Just pull out the <laughs> Andrew phone <Jean> book. <laughs> sure, we could find a few more. But uh, yeah, after that, they actually sent a peace commission uh, in the years intervening to try and end the war. And the interesting thing about Red Cloud's war was it was a victory for the Native Americans. They mm-hmm. retained their land. Ultimately, the uh, Americans said, okay, we're going to stay off. We're not going to restrict the amount of area you have. It didn't last. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Because we live in Colorado, it didn't yeah. last. Uh-huh. But in the... And they set up a agency called Red Cloud Agency, mm-hmm. which was supposed to supply provisions and money, weekly rations as well as money and uh, other kinds of goods to... And the, the so-called Indian agencies were... The precursors to reservations. to reservations. In fact, the Red Cloud Agency eventually turned into, I think it's called the Pine Ridge, Pine, Pine Ridge Reservation mm-hmm. uh, at a different location. But over the intervening years, Red Cloud actually traveled to D.C. a number of times and spoke with, at this point, it was Ulysses Jackson. Or Grant. <laughs> Sorry. There are too many presidents. Get the president soup going on. Too many presidents. Too many of them. Yeah. Just narrow it down. Just have one, like, until he dies. Why do we got to have 44 of these motherfuckers? <laughs> Six, I say. Only one Why do we Ulysses, have to have 50 states while we're at it? That's more than 44. Uh, after the Treaty of Fort Laramie, that's how the status quo was. But the provisions and rations and money were not fully delivered on. They were late. Mm-hmm. They were in poor condition. Or sometimes they didn't arrive at all. Yeah. And eventually, there was a second gold rush in the Black Hills, which was a sacred location to the Native Americans. And this was about 10 and years later. particularly the Lakota, who yeah. Red Cloud was a leader of the Ogallala branch. But there's 
about seven, I believe. Seven nations, yeah. Yeah, the seven nations of the Lakota. And his parents were actually from two of the seven, were prominent figures in two of the seven mm-hmm. uh, sects of the Lakota tribe. The gold rush started there, which kind of actually was preceded by a visit from... Uh, Lieutenant Colonel George Custer, who was one of the first people to kind of make his way out there in this Black Hills Gold Rush, uh, started a second war called the Great Sioux War, which Red Cloud didn't participate in as a military leader or combatant. It was mostly Crazy Horse mm-hmm. and Sitting Bull. And that war, which included the Battle of Little Bighorn, was eventually lost and Crazy Horse killed under false pretenses of coming mm-hmm. to a fort for like a peaceful resolution to the conflict right where he was bayoneted bayoneted fatally mm-hmm. yeah. because again just want to reiterate horrible betrayal of the native americans kind of a theme it's in like our treaties story. don't mean anything like- <laughs> and that the results of that war ultimately led to decrease increasingly smaller land mm-hmm. for uh for the Native Americans, including Red Cloud, who was obviously still alive at this point, eventually they were forced uh, up to South Dakota on a 160-acre kind of tract of land for subsistence farming. Mm-hmm. And Red Cloud's main goal for the remainder of his life was helping people transition into reservation life. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, from his trips to Washington, had come to the conclusion that there could be no real military solution for the Native Americans against... The United States the Army. overwhelming Cannons, power of the yeah, American yeah. Empire. And so he thought doing anything would be folly. But he continued to fight for them. He opposed the Dawes Act, mm-hmm. uh, which was another act that restricted Native American lands and rights. Um, which also, in like doing research for this episode, the Dawes Act was something that hadn't really been taught to me in school. But look it up because it's pretty important in the mm-hmm. whole... Yeah, it's worth noting. The whole process of... Robbing Native Americans. Two of their years later, sovereignty. in uh, 1889, there was an attempt to get the Lakota to sell off their land. Actually, at one point, when talking with Ulysses S. Grant uh, during in the buildup to the Great Sioux War, he offered Red Cloud uh, $25,000 for a great deal of their land, which was the primary source of the gold rush, and Red Cloud refused outright. Mm-hmm. Um, but in this 1889 attempt, uh, they were getting signatures from Native Americans to sign off on giving the land away. And people like Red Cloud and Sitting Bull were so opposed to it that they used subterfuge to get the signatures, including getting them from children. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, not the most scrupulous of folk. I mean, pretty, you know, trivial in comparison to flagrant treaty violations. <laughs> that's just like a little bit of, that's like adorable. I, I mean, emphasis on almost. <laughs> treaty violations involving children are the cutest <laughs> treaty violations. You know, like cluster bombing children. Mm-hmm. Adorable. And, you know, he worked with uh, pro-Native American uh, white people as well uh, for his time there, including a man named Dr. Valentine McGillicuddy. <laughs> who I just wanted to mention because his name is, again... Dr. Valentine <laughs> McGillicuddy. <laughs> Sounds like a character from an old radio drama. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I imagine he had to have like a 1920. I'm Dr. Valentine McGillicuddy, man. <laughs> Here to get the latest scoop on the Lakota Indians. <laughs> you hear about the Scopes Monkey Trial? <laughs> <laughs> he died in 1909 at the age of 88. And near the end of his life, one quote that stuck out to me that he was heard to have said uh, said was, 
They made us promises more than I can remember, but they kept one. They promised to take our land, and they did. Mm. And uh, one little final tag on the end. Years later, JFK attempted to name a series of ballistic uh, missiles after Red Cloud. Mm Mm-hmm. But the Pentagon shot it down because they thought it sounded too commie. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I saw that. I'm like, that's that's about right. Uh, There's another quote. In my research, I can't remember if it was Red Cloud or if it was someone else. uh, But it was along the lines of saying to someone who was trying to get them to move to a different parcel of land set aside for them. It was like, if it's such good land, you take it and leave us the fuck alone. Paraphrasing. No, that's the exact quote. Yeah. (laughs) Even says paraphrasing at the end. Yeah, it's paraphrasing. <laughs> Dictated, not read. <laughs> and uh, I, I, I didn't even attempt to pronounce his name in Lakota because no. that would be a mess. Yeah, I, I saw that. I thought I might give it a try, but no, there's no chance. Um, but of course, all these, all like commonly stereotyped Native American names are translated from their original languages. Of course, yeah. So for me, doing the alternate history... Everyone knows the main thrust of Red Cloud's life is stays intact. He was a warrior who also, you know, fought for peace. His life, leadership, and struggles remain the same. But I want to focus on some of the details, specifically of Red Cloud's war, that maybe are a little richer than your history suggests. Okay. Zach? Shots fired. Very, very tame, like, <laughs> milk toast shots fired. From a slingshot. Yeah, of course. From... From the popping cork of a champagne bottle. <laughs> Going back about a century before Red Cloud's War, the Ogallala Lakota were pushed out of their original territory in present-day Minnesota due to, like, incursions from their longtime enemy, the Cree, and, of course, the expanding American Empire. So they settled around, like, Wyoming, Montana, Nebraska, that area. And then one day in northern Wyoming, uh, Red Cloud was sitting in a tribal meeting with the other Ogallala Lakota when Old Chief Smoke a leader and Red Cloud's uncle saw a group of U.S. soldiers approaching. And upon going to confront the soldiers, Old Chief Smoke was shot and killed. Uh, Red Cloud and the rest of the Ogallala are forced to flee into the wilderness. Uh, and they encounter survivors from the Cheyenne and the uh, Northern Arapaho and other Lakota bands. One of the things to remember is that each tribe at this point has a mascot, sort of. I, I just want to clarify, because I may have missed this in my research. Is that story about Old Chief Smoke true? Is that actually how he died? Uh, no. <laughs> okay. Um, so this is his Uncle Ben origin story. Sort of. Thomas yeah. and Martha Wayne. <laughs> yeah, basically. Okay. Um, <laughs> closer. <laughs> um, each tribe and band had their own mascot, their own representative. Uh, the Fighting Caucasians was a popular one. Sure. Among them. So. Oh, I mean, I feel like you go with. To be more equivalent, the fighting honkies or something like that. <laughs> Caucasian is the proper designation <laughs> and not a racist slur. That's true. The fight, the fighting Caucasians and, of course, the uh, the Northern Arapaho Crackers, I believe. Oh, okay. Um, so using the nickname the fighting Caucasians, uh, the survivors band together uh, and they get weapons from members of the community. It is fun that... Cock is right in the name of Caucasians. Yeah, that's sort of why I went with it, not going to lie. Paleface is a good one, too. Wait, what? Paleface? Yeah, I feel like that's the proper equivalent for the Kansas City team's name. (laughs) Or the Washington team's name. Let's go back and change it. Or the Cincinnati team's name. Or the Cleveland team's name. Or 
the Chicago, Chicago hockey, hockey team's team. name. And so on. I don't know enough about sports or to know all numerous of high schools. At least the Blackhawk is like tribe specific. They don't yeah. hate it so much. It's not yeah, just... But it's still appropriation of an image and a name. Sure, sure. So meanwhile, the invading troops are trying to inventory the Oglala Nate Nationals and their supplies and their weapons. And they're being led by Colonel Carrington who looks sort of Cuban or Russian, but is definitely 100% American. We have to own that. Uh-huh. Um, the Americans were there to capture and occupy the Bozeman Trail, uh, the easiest passage to the gold fields of Montana. But the trail cut through what was Lakota, Cheyenne, and Arapahoe Territory. Uh, but who else understands that you know flakes of piss-colored rock dredged up by some Bostonian in a stream are more valuable than human lives like American, like white Americans. We made the right call. Let's, I just want to <laughs> Unpopu- hashtag unpopular opinion. Unpopular opinions, but I fucking love golds. Come on. <laughs> Panning for it. Gold's great. It's shiny. It's kind of yellow. <laughs> it comes in flakes and then you melt it together into jewel. For some reason, we assume it has inherent value. <laughs> Red Cloud saw the brutality inflicted upon the people and gathered his allies together to raid the parties on the trail. Uh, his allies included man afraid of his horses or uh, man who fears his horses. I think it's actually young man who feared, mm-hmm. who was yeah. afraid of his horses, yeah. Another leader named Hump or High Backbone and, of course, Crazy Horse. And for each successful raid they I launched... Like Hump. Yeah. That guy gives a Does he hump. have a, like a, a Quasimodo? <laughs> a, a, a quasi- classic Quasimodo, the medical definition, the medical term, a Quasimodo. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to have to tell you this. Um, you have a Quasimodo. <laughs> you have a straight Quasimodo. And to be honest, you should have noticed by now because it's a relatively obvious condition. You frighten children. <laughs> and uh, you will never find love with a gypsy woman. She will leave you. And of course, your best a, friends are gargoyles. And some white man. Uh, but you get to knock your terrible preacher stepfather into some lava. So it's not all bad. I like this doctor who's like... So inept as to call it Quasimodo disease. It's a very specific condition. Just hope you have the movie version the and not the book version. Because <laughs> the book version is way worse. What's next? Oh, you, I'm sorry. You have a serious case of mask, but not the Jim Carrey mask, the other one. Uh, but for each successful raid that Red Cloud and his allies launched against the Americans, the Americans would launch reprisals against the people, and, of course, against Harry Dean Stanton, uh, who they had captured at that point. Man, of course, Harry Dean shows Stanton up in everything. Yeah. Just such a good character actor. Look at his face. You know he's been around for at least 300 <laughs> years. <laughs> and for each successful attack they launched, uh, the native fighters would paint the name of their insurgent group, the Fighting Caucasians, nearby. But, of course, every time an American soldier saw Caucasians painted on a rock, they were like, we were right, this is ours. So eventually they changed their name to Wolverines. After, of course, Red Cloud's tribal mascot or symbol. I thought you were going to say Logan, the (laughs) timeless wonder. (laughs) Yet another thing we've stolen from. (laughs) The concept of Wolverine. Uh, The concept of Wolverine. I I think that, to be fair, I think that is straight up like a Stan Lee original. I don't think he stole the X-Men from Native American legend. I know. oral history. Maybe... Maybe some. Oh, I thought you were talking about the concept of the animal, the wolf. Oh, okay. 
Which I, I think was exists also in Australia. To, we've overthought this goof quite everything, a bit. Everything yeah. exists in Australia, to be fair. Every bad animal. <laughs> and Hugh Jackman. Including Australians. That's, <laughs> <laughs> Colonel Carrington is trying to construct the massive Fort Kearney nearby. And Red Cloud and the Wolverines launch over 50 raids during the construction of the fort. Which you'd think would dissuade the soldiers, but didn't. Um... But this all leads us up to the climactic Fetterman fight, where the Wolverines set up decoys along the trail, and when Carrington's wood wagon signaled that it was on... Sorry. <laughs> I am six. Yeah, apparently. Wood wagon. <laughs> wood wagon. <laughs> the wagon carrying his wood. <laughs> That's not better. Sure. <laughs> I'm just... So I'm assuming you're imagining a wagon that carries boners from one <laughs> settlement to the next. Of course, they were scarce. Yeah. In settlement times. <laughs> yeah, of course. That's why a conflict in so many westerns is the big boner supply coming to town has been raided by thieves and outlaws. Riggins. That's, of course, the classic Clint Eastwood character, the man with no boner. <laughs> and, of course, a fistful of boners. Sorry. For a few boners more, of course. <laughs> and, of course, the good, the bad, and the boners. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> when Carrington's wood wagon signaled it was under attack, he sent out 80 more troops to, to check on the party, led by, led by Captain Fetterman. So hearing heavy fire in a large battle, Carrington dispatched another 80 troops who found the bodies of all Fetterman's men uh, mutilated and marked with wolverines all over them. Like a drawing of a wolverine? Just the, or the word. I mean... Okay. Because wolverines, I think, are hard to draw. I've never actually seen one. That's a lo- that's a long word. That's, I think you're really carving that into people. Yeah, but I think wolverines are just. I guess they're just like pointy badgers. Yeah. Or are they doing this like they're like nasty like looking NFL badgers. team style where like each torso gets a letter, <laughs> all of it. Like so, you get like ten guys and spell out Wolverine. Oh, okay. Throw in an I didn't know what you meant by point. NFL team style. Other than you know everyone's how, like, concussed. All the guys. I'm not good with sports metaphors. So. <laughs> <laughs> but you know how all the guys would be like Chiefs, and there's one guy with a big C, one guy with an H. Yeah, yeah, totally, and yeah. so forth. Uh-huh. I feel like they're 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 like badgers if like Dr. Moreau style they had been mutated with like a Cuisinart. A li- a oh. mountain lion. Oh. Or yeah, a Cuis- <laughs> that will go with a Cuisinart. Yeah. Or just a series of kitchen knives. <laughs> <laughs> they were made into dice meat and sculpted <laughs> into Wolverine shape. But of course the previously mentioned the victory at the Fetterman Massacre, the Battle of One Hundred Slain. Leads directly to the Treaty of Fort Laramie. Inaccurate name, by the way. Yeah. Not not even 100? No. 81 Americans and 14 Native Americans. Pretty close. Not quite. (laughs) 95. The Battle of 95 slain doesn't sound quite as nice. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's why you don't get too pedantic with history. That's like the Hundred Years' War was like 130-something. Yeah. Or like 113. War of 1812, um, don't get me started. <laughs> civil War, how civil was it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> More at 11. I mean, friendly fire? Really? Is it that friendly? I'm a comic from 1981. <laughs> so the Treaty of Fort Laramie guaranteed Lakota ownership of the Black Hills and closed the Powder River country where all this take place to all white settlement and incursion. Uh, and of course, the events of Red Cloud's War uh, inspired the movie Red Dawn, 
And just like that movie, the Americans mm. tried the same thing all over again a few years later. And that's, that is some more detail to the story of Red Cloud and Red Cloud's War. So, Byron, you are serving as judge for this episode. Yeah, I was, you know, in the, re- the revisionist version, I was hoping for some more victory. Uh, just, the, <laughs> well, th- just the inertia of oppression, even in our fiction now. Just <laughs> Yeah, I mean, to be... F- they did slaughter them real good in your yeah. version. But they slaughtered them real good. You gotta hate it. Real, that's a hundred slain there. Red Cloud and Red Cloud's War, you gotta hate it to him for being one of the rare victories in the Native yeah. American campaign against... The United States Army. And I mean, for, for this whole series... Or um, actually, it's more accurate to say the United States Army's campaign against the Native Americans. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, and his name was Red Cloud, so kind of a coincidence he ended up fighting in that war. That's just, <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Yeah, of course. What if History's Mysteries? <laughs> history's Mysteries is our new <laughs> subsection. Also, that Federland guy, Federland's Massacre. <laughs> this and is a, just too weird. And of course, that... <laughs> And, of course, that U.S. Army private, D-Day Jones, who was killed at Normandy. Um, you know, Jonathan, World War II. <laughs> it's unfortunate that they named, that he's the one associated with it because D-Day was a real douche day. <laughs> That's what it stood for because Hitler was a douche. Yeah, he'd go on, like, shore leave and he'd, like, talk to all the women who were, like, clearly wearing headphones. They don't want to be bothered. <laughs> Um, but I mean, th- for this whole series of episodes on famous <laughs> resistance leaders who were not white men, mm-hmm. part of my struggle in writing the alternate history, not to talk about my struggle like it was important in writing the alternate <laughs> history was respecting their accomplishments and what sure. they did without turning into a white voice being like, everything was okay because this story has been told differently because things didn't end up okay. And I feel like we still own that and we still need to acknowledge it a little bit. No, to I be get fair. It, yeah. a lot of social responsibility on this comedy podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, social responsibility for a podcast that spent more time talking about a boner wagon than about social responsibility. <laughs> I mean, the, the first responsibility is to, to make goofs. That's what we're here for. That's true. Yeah. It's the Hippocratic oath. For- <laughs> <laughs> first, make more goofs. <laughs> Make more Second goofs, do then no do harm. no harm. <laughs> so first you come in and say, like, I left a glove in ya. And you're like, just kidding. Have to obey the second. It's like Asimov's three rules of robotics. Um, it, it took me until yesterday to realize those were just made up. They're not actual laws. Yeah. Asimov <laughs> made them up. Uh, yeah. He's a science fiction robber. Yeah, I know. Like, you know, L. Ron Hubbard made it up, too. <laughs> What? Oh, oh, my entire confirmation. <laughs> Shit, now we're going to be listed as, what are they called, non... <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. We'll never get Tom Cruise or Will Smith or Jaden yeah. Smith as a guest. Was it like, oh, fuck, combative persons? Yeah, something combative like persons. Yeah, something. What we're going to have to add that tag to our iTunes. <laughs> <laughs> Recharge your Thetans after listening to this episode of The Revisionists. Or th- I thought Thetans were bad. Thetans are bad. Okay. <laughs> oh. Are they good? I don't know. I mean, Thetans aren't wanna, real, but if they were, they the would thing. be bad. Do you recharge them or do you expel them? I think you expel them. Okay. 
for twenty four ninety nine a month. I can yeah. tell you how. This podcast has to come with a Phaeton warning. <laughs> uh, I did. I thought you did a good job of of being respectful, but I felt like it wasn't revised enough to mm. be. You know what I'm saying? Like, I understand that. You could tell the line of respect. Yeah, you basically you added a lot of house sigils, which was a fun. Yeah, you gave everybody a team, which made it easier for me to visualize. But it was almost more just like the original story came to life. Mm, yeah, I, I, I can totally see that because I was thinking the exact same thing when I was writing it. <laughs> so, folks, you're going to need both sides of this. Uh, you're going to need the, the revisionist and the actual history. I will say, though, start with the actual history, I'd say. Start with the actual one. Uh, I feel like not enough. This isn't funny, but not that many people know about Red Cloud. Not that many it's people true. know. Uh, I think Crazy Horse and Sitting Bull are a little more well-renowned, mm-hmm. generally speaking. And even though they are probably not, I think they're more like names people know, but they don't understand mm-hmm. what they did to a great you extent. You could confuse all three of these with each other. You could say like Sitting Bull said something that Red Cloud did. Yeah, ninety percent of the population not going to correct you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I, I say, original history wins and makes me so sad. Just, <laughs> just a sad. I mean, thing you could that... literally say Sitting Bull founded like AAA, and most people would be like, oh, sure. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> it's like he knew the range. I'd be not sure that. <laughs> yeah, he probably planned the roads or something. I don't know. <laughs> uh, Byron, thank you. Thank you, guys. I uh, I've enjoyed learning more about Red Cloud. So, listeners, before we go. Uh, we've talked about this before, but coming up October 3rd, we are proud to be hosting a bunch of other fabulous podcasts for the Night of a Thousand podcasts at Syntax Physic Opera uh, at 7 p.m. We've got a lot of great guests. There's a lot of great shows. Empty Girlfriend. And a few Whiskey terrible and, guests. And a few terrible guests. A few uh, real villains. Real clunkers. Yeah. Uh, most of them, uh, U.S. Army colonels from the Indian Wars. Yeah, Congratulations. Carrington somehow got on the bill. Yeah, I don't know. Federland... Pumped full of arrows, still making it out. Somehow, <laughs> Andrew Jackson and Andrew Johnson hosting their right. podcast, Terrible Presidents, <laughs> with their guest, Jay. James Polk. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and George W. Bush. Yeah. Not invited, Barack Obama, who I'm a fan of. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird that we don't want the president we like at, at, at our show that no president is going to be at. Uh, but Byron, you will be also be involved. You'll I be. Will, I'll be emceeing the event, uh, so I'll be bringing everybody to the stage. Awesome. Probably sharing a few witticisms at the beginning, of course. Uh, so I'll we look like, forward. Please no witticisms. That's not part of the contract. <laughs> no witticisms. Please no. Uh, please no homespun prefer, yarns. Yeah. Uh, Anecdotes or uh, no fables. pithy observations yeah. are more of our speed. Parables are okay. Okay. Uh, but no more than three. Uh, those <laughs> that's in your contract. Heavy-handed um, overtones encourage. Sure. <laughs> no coyote folklore. Got Ribbled it. quips. Yes, yeah. please. <laughs> uh, sea shanties. A must. <laughs> <laughs> Dirty limericks. Okay, we'll take a few. Just getting oh, your. T- the lair did dirty limericks the other day. <laughs> Wait, what? Really? Like an open micer came up and did limericks. Just some more encouragement for you guys to get out to the lair and see what kind yeah, of crazy... go see the petri dish of comedy. Go yeah. see, yeah. see the salacious haiku that's happening. Yeah. 
I compared it earlier to thrift store shopping when yeah. you gotta sift through a bunch of dead person's garbage, but like, there's you, some real gems in there. Do you know the saying "nothing good happens after midnight"? <laughs> that applies to a lot of open mics, and it sometimes it happens at the lair. But listeners, you can get more details of the Night of a Thousand podcast on our Facebook page uh, or on our website, revisionistpodcast.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at, at revisionpod. And please, if you have time, please review this podcast on iTunes. It's so, so helpful. And Five again, stars. If starring is great. If you have time, a written one is even better. Exactly. Uh, thank you to everyone who has done that so far. Like, I haven't checked in a bit, but last time I checked, it was about 50. It's about 45, yeah. Yeah, something like that. They're coming for Malcolm Gladwell. Let's do yes, this. exactly. <laughs> yeah, that guy stole our fucking thunder. We were here first, Gladwell. Again, <laughs> fuck you, Gladwell. You're the Carrington of podcasts. <laughs> I I spent part of last month trying to start a Twitter war with him, but of course he did not notice. Oh, sure. Because he's probably swimming in money. Anyway, Byron. Um... Coming up September 11th, you'll That's be right. guest hosting the Boulder Comedy Show at the Bohemian Beer Garden in Boulder, Colorado, 7 p.m. Which is one of the best shows around. It's such a great, uh, yeah. such a great crowd. Erstwhile host Brent Gill packs the room every week. Uh, it's a great time. He's going to be in Toronto. I'm uh, stepping in. Awesome. Don't know who's on the lineup yet, but who needs to know? It'll be me. It's all yeah. It'll, it'll be, be cradled you. in my capable host hands all night. <laughs> Yeah, and it's always it, that show always has great guests. It's always gonna be blessed. awesome. Yeah, uh, and then September sixteenth, you're doing guest list. Guest uh, list at the bakery, which is hosted by former guest Ben Bryant. Very funny Denver comedian, hilarious. Uh, and check that show out because it's a really great mix of stand up and sketch and all that. Uh, you also host Lions Lair every week Monday night at uh, ten thirty. Come watch uh, Dreams Die and Jokes Be Born. Uh, <laughs> Brian is offering me his notebook. <laughs> I, I did not. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. I just uh, felt also, you tugging on it. Oh, sorry. Westward yes. uh, Alternative Weekly Newspaper contributor. Find all of his columns by searching Byron Graham on just Westward. Just Google me. The, uh, the mugshot of uh, aging black man. Not me. Not me. Um, <laughs> don't mean to surprise you. Really? Because that's so many of the pictures I see on Westward's homepage. <laughs> also, no uh, Byron Graham Ministries. I'm not involved. I'm not involved <laughs> in South Carolina's Byron Graham Ministries. That's Byron cool. is waiting for the right time to start his cult. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but if you Google his articles, you can even find an interview with Brian and I uh, mm-hmm. about Former this very podcast. subjects of podcast profiles, a semi-regular uh, I like to th- interview. And I series. definitely think our jump-in subscribers started around that time sure. uh, that that came out. Because like I said, every time I go to upload an episode, like our number of su- subscribers has close to doubled or like our growth number has doubled so thank you to everyone who's tuning in and for Keep all of that come and tell your friends this is a, yeah. one of the most original podcasts in denver hashtag the revisionists on twitter <laughs> hashtag <laughs> fuck malcolm gladwell I hashtag boner wagon <laughs> zach you have a few projects coming up uh, sometime out. probably in the month of september i will be on john mccoy's sophomore lit podcast this is the brother of Flophouse host dan mccoy um it's a podcast where you rediscover books you read were assigned in high school and see how you evaluate them as a grown ass person mm-hmm. and i'll be talking about crime and punishment uh i also have a 
new podcast project coming out uh, about the television show, show Skins called Roundview Review, which I do with uh, my Stage of Fools co-host, Shannon Camp. So that should be available relatively soon. Again, former guest and friend of the show. Yes, from the Alexander Hamilton episode. So for everyone here at The Revisionists, thank you for tuning in. I'm Brian Flynn. I am Zach Powers. And I've been Byron Graham. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Have, have a, a good, good time. time. <laughs> <laughs> dumb, dumb fucking side off. I-